0: Hey, Studio DNA fans. I'm Chad, a new podcast host here on the network. I'd like to invite you to check out my new show called Hot Takeout, where I mix together some of my favorite things, fast food and musical artists. When you listen, you'll get that feeling you have when you get an onion ring in the bottom of your French fries. It's a win. We'll dig deep with the artists. We'll find out what inspires them and what foods they have to stay away from. And we're also playing fast food games, which will also make sense when you listen. So check out the Hot Takeout podcast streaming right now here on the Studio DNA podcast
1: Network.
2: Welcome everybody to episode thirteen of Disney Plus reviews. I'm one of your co-hosts, Phil Souza, and I'm here with my co-host, my good friend, and an expert at ESP. It's Jack Altamatt. What's going on, Jack? Uh,
0: whenever, whenever I um, use my mental powers to talk to Vincent the robot, <laughs> he uh, he always he always shoots me straight. He's a straight shooting robot with a heart of gold. Yeah, but. Uh, He's, he's very cutting with some of his remarks.
2: <laughs> uh, and we have an awesome guest as well with us today. Two weeks in a row with guests. I, I'm digging this. Um, from the worst comic podcast ever, it's Jerry McMullen. So glad to have you on the on the show this week, Jerry.
3: Thank you, guys. Man. I'm so glad to be back. I, I enjoyed all of our conversations on Horrible Movie Podcasts, and I'm anticipating that this will just be the first of multiple conversations with you guys on Disney+. Well,
0: you're in here. the Horrible Movie Hall of Fame as a uh, preferred <laughs> yeah. guest. And honestly, this movie, I think, in could've, my eyes... Could have gone both well, ways. He and we may be down. able to just take this audio and just make an episode over there, too.
2: We so, may do a surprise episode uh, at h and drop it in yeah. there, and people will be like, here we go.
0: So, I've got a couple others in the hold yeah. between Cats and Doolittle that are coming down the pipe at some point,
2: but. Um, yeah. let, let me get into a little bit of the rigmarole, and I want I want to tell this the quick story. It's, it's not a long story. A quick anecdote about how we got you on the show for this to talk mm-hmm. about this movie. But uh, sure. if you're just joining us on the, for, for this podcast, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. Uh, but this week, we're kind of talking about a movie that's probably not been very popular on Disney Plus, to be honest. Uh, probably not a lot of people are got Disney Plus and then immediately went to the black hole. They just couldn't wait to watch it. Uh, they're probably going to the, Dis- the princess movies first. Uh, but it's worth, definitely worth talking about for sure. Uh, we mentioned this. Jack actually kind of found this as like a hidden gem. It was like, so at the end of every episode we do, what else are you watching on Disney Plus? And I think Jack had maybe watched the trailer.
0: I had... I had read something uh, about Disney Plus. We were just doing some, you know, show show prep stuff. And someone had an article about Black Hole because Star Wars uh, mm-hmm. it was coming out. And so I was like, what? Like, I'd never even heard of this movie. Yeah, I hadn't either. And uh, then I started lo- watching a little bit, watched the trailer, watched the first 20 minutes, and I told Phil about it. So. Yeah, and,
2: and so Jerry, uh, who has been listening to the show, apparently, thanks. thank you for listening. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, absolutely. It's uh, awesome. Hit, immediately hit me up on Facebook and uh, started out with a correction, which I appreciate. <laughs> he he yeah. said uh because I think we said we – uh, th- for some reason looked something up really quickly and we thought the movie came out in 1977. And I think that maybe yeah. the
0: Star Wars correlation there and mm-hmm. you know, this, this is basically Disney's reaction to Star Wars slash yep. Star Trek at the time I, as well. But.
2: Yeah, we'll get into that. I th- I f- I'm i feeling more Star Trek, honestly. But No, and
0: I agree, but yeah. there are aspects where they're like... We'll, we'll talk about it, yeah. Um,
2: yeah. But then Jerry, Jerry hit me up and he said, man, if you guys talk about the black hole... You better invite me onto that show. So yep. um, here's yep. what here's what I want to know, Jerry. What is your history with this movie? You actually, I was three months old when this movie yeah. came out. I, we won't ask you how old you were,
3: but uh, now,
2: you saw it in the I, theaters.
3: I am the only one on this on this <laughs> call that did see it on a big screen. Oh, there's no. Yeah, I would have had no chance. I would have been paid one. paid for a ticket to get it. Admittedly, it was a it was a trial ticket, so yeah. not full price. Um and i was i would have been 9 10 at the time that it came out it's kind of perfect it. age for this really um and i mean at that age my childhood was all about star wars yeah so once i saw star wars i was a i was converted and i would i would latch on to anything that remotely resembled star wars in any way you know whether it was star trek Battlestar Galactica um around or shortly after Black Hole you had Buck Rogers in the 25th century Flash Gordon yeah things like that I was latching on to anything I could find that was sci-fi related and so when Black Hole came out you you kind of saw these trailers and looked interesting but it had the disney name attached to it and that's like the blessing of every parent right it's a disney, it's a disney movie sure, you yeah it. it's why not disney movie <laughs> and so we went to the movie and i think nine or ten year old jerry probably loved it to death i i was just fascinated as 50 year old jerry i we were and we'll get into it throughout the show it's it's a nice movie. It's not a great movie.
2: <laughs> that's kind of ha- my thoughts as well. And, and obviously, Jack and I are watching it for the, for the very first time this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that that's kind of. I think we're going to agree as far as how we see it today. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, Black Hole is a sci-fi movie that came out in 1979, as we said, uh, directed by Gary Nelson, who had previously done Freaky Friday, which is also a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably how he kind of. Stayed in their good graces was you know doing another movie for them produced by Walt Disney Productions as as he said. Um, I one thing I read on trivia this week or this morning actually was that it's their first Disney's first PG movie. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't look it up just to make sure that that was absolutely true, but I think that's right. Um, it they'd, is. They'd only done G rated. Wow, that's yeah. so yeah. To think which about which means Freaky Friday was G, but. Um, yeah hmm. they they had done live action movies and but this
0: definitely pushes the limits of uh, <laughs> it's got uh a, you know adult themes it's wait got no, a little,
2: not at all it's got a little violence in it of course this is PG before there even was a PG13 but yeah. um but it's it's definitely violent um there's a lot of um like blaster fire for lack of a letter, pew, better word Pew, lot words. of this
1: pew pew, yeah. pew pew pew
2: um but there's not blood like it's not bloody no. um so i feel like it's appropriate for kids older yeah, kids
3: but- the one character gets attacked by the by the robot with the spinning yeah. thing yeah. and it, it apparently kills him, but it doesn't maim him. I right. mean there's no blood or yeah. anything. He just falls off. <laughs> just falls Did down. you know I don't know if you
0: knew this Jerry, but uh Ron Papil uh, got a lot of his inspiration for his uh made you know, as seen on TV products by from <laughs> from Maximilian's spinny hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the ninja uh blender is definitely hundred percent ripped from Maximilian. <laughs>
2: Uh, I want to read the synopsis. It's just like a little two-sentence synopsis or three-sentence synopsis on Disney Plus, and we'll get into discussion on it. Uh, this is what it says. The USS Cygnus, it's a, like a spaceship, is perched precariously at the edge of a black hole, the vast empty nothingness where space and time ends. Anything that crosses its border enters a universe of the complete, the complete unknown. In this story of genius robots and mad humanoids, audiences <laughs> take a spectacular descent into nature's ultimate mystery. The black hole. Black hole. Oh. Uh, by the way, this movie came out, uh, and and why I I kind of want to talk about Star Trek a little bit, and and honestly, uh, go back and, and listen to the latest episode of the worst comic podcast ever because they actually just um, had a, a great conversation with uh, Star Trek writers, uh, yes. like people who have written for Star Trek awesome. properties, which yes. is crazy. Uh,
3: Dayton Ward and uh, Kevin Dilmore, they're local Kansas City writers that have done a lot of Star Trek writing credits across all the different platforms whether it's original series next generation discovery you name it they've done it and dayton has this book coming out and it'll be available at planet comic-con cool called kirk foo which <laughs> <Dude>. is weird
0: <laughs> the, What? <laughs> the
3: illustrated guide to fighting like captain kirk oh, okay. oh that all sounds right. great that, that's cool. and and I'm telling everyone, you need to go see Dayton at Planet Comic Con and pick up this book from them. That's
2: Absolutely, awesome. yeah, That's I will cool. definitely check that out. <laughs> I'm a big yeah. fan of the original series, so I would, I would be I'm all a, about a big that. Big fan of it, yeah. All yeah. Star There's got to be a, you know, like a double slap on the head uh, attack move, karate <laughs> <laughs> chop to the neck. <laughs> anyway, um, so this, okay, so uh, back to what I was saying. This movie came out two weeks after star star trek the motion picture the first star trek one two weeks you could go see these movies back to back in the theater Mm. very interesting i don't know yeah um i looked up some of the numbers star trek ate this movie's lunch apparently um so this movie had a 20 million dollar budget 35 million dollar box office so it you know essentially broke even maybe maybe a few dollars star trek the motion picture had a 46 million dollar budget so twice the budget Mm. of this and it shows uh the box office was 139 million dollars so most people were i mean I, jerry you may have seen both in the theater i don't know but mm-hmm. you yeah did. i did okay I did. um my my guess is you probably saw star trek first or uh maybe you saw star trek twice or something the, the star trek made a lot more money than this mo- the movie is what i'm saying
3: <laughs> here I, and again i'm i'm dating myself here because uh when i saw star trek the motion picture uh it was before you could do like a band's ticket purchase or oh, yeah. assigned seating. Yeah. So, um, long, that's long before that. Yeah. Long, long before that. So, and of course, Star Trek The Motion Picture, obviously not a Disney movie. So, mom and dad were a little leery about me going to see that. So, dad had to take me to see it. And as I recall, it came out in early December. And we lived in Omaha at the time. And at that point, you had to wait in line to buy your tickets until. The screening ended and then the next one would open up. So huh. we were standing outside in December waiting to buy tickets and some idiot in a car crashed into a pole, knocked out the power in the block. So we had oh, to stand outside like a extra two hours. Oh, my goodness. That's how I always tell people that I know that my dad loves me, is that he stood outside in December for two hours to buy tickets to a Star Trek movie he didn't want to see, but he his son wanted to see it. Oh, that is awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I uh, I definitely would, would much rather go back and watch um, Star Trek The Motion Picture than this one, although mm-hmm. I am glad that I saw this movie. I will say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what are your guys' overall feelings on the movie? I guess we'll start with with you, Jack. Um, what, what? How do you feel about the movie as a whole?
0: I, I feel like the um, my favorite aspect of the movie is the set, like the set design mm-hmm. and how shiny things are. Because I feel like uh, space movies at the time, like, like Space Odyssey, two thousand one Space Odyssey, yeah. like mm-hmm. what? How, why it was so cutting edge when it came out, which was what like sixty nine? Is that when it came out? Yes. So like it, they they. They knew. Look, it's space. It's futuristic. Let's make it shiny. We can't. We can't wow you with actual special effects, but we can wow you with set design of shininess. Mm. And so this movie kind of takes a piece out, like a a, a a cue from that. And that aspect of it, the black hole itself, I kind of be interested to see how they even made that, because in 1979, I mean, there is no CGI. So like the the black hole itself looked kind of cool. And that may have been some sort of they went back in and remastered or something. I don't know, hmm. but um, that's probably my favorite aspect of it. I feel like some of the acting was stiff at times, and I also feel like yeah. the uh, some of his overacting. And then also, I laugh at just some of the trope things that uh, the the main bad guy does. But I love it. I mean, it's still man, it's fun. It was fun to watch. It's I would tell anyone they need to watch it because it's just like silly stuff and overacting and yeah. Are they are they cyborgs or is this necrom or is this necromancy is the question? <laughs> cyborgs or ne- I'm not sure which we've got. I think cyborgs but they're never really sure but anyway, that's a, that's for later in the show I guess, maybe.
2: Yeah. That's the question. Uh let's let's uh mention the cast real quick and then I want to get Jerry's thoughts but um starring Maximilian Shell who's uh, the bad guy in this one. Which by the way, I feel like uh I I have a take on his
0: situation. Yeah. And it may vary from what the movie was trying to uh, portray. Go ahead. The
2: The main robot, the main bad robot in this one, bad robot, uh, thanks bad for J.J. Robot. Abrams, um, is uh, this massive red robot named Maximilian, and apparently they had his name picked out before they cast anyone, which is, cr- that's a crazy coincidence, but Maximilian Shell, it like bosses around Maximilian, like in, in this movie, yeah. it's really weird. Anyway, Anthony Perkins, um, who probably is best known for playing norman bates in the original psycho um movie but i mean that movie came out almost 20 years before this movie came out uh, robert forster who's been a supporting character in a, a bunch of stuff that you've seen you've seen him on screen once you see him in this movie you're like oh yeah. yeah that's a younger version of an actor i've seen before um and
3: he just passed away a couple of weeks ago oh i didn't know that wow yeah
2: yeah um i i guess so wow that's interesting because i know that they were talking about so he's been in breaking bad like i guess he was kind of a favorite character in breaking bad which i've not seen that show but i know everyone tells me to watch it but uh and he was he also started in el camino which is that Mm -hmm. that movie follow-up uh and i think they were talking about doing uh bringing his character into the fifth season of better call saul but maybe that won't happen now um unless they already shot that
3: but i don't know um i'm i'm a huge fan of better call saul i i love bob odenkirk Man, it's a great show his 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 delivery is perfect Hmm. i'd it's one of those shows where i i put the phone down i'm not looking at it while while i'm watching it i i am so focused on that show at all times (laughs) Mm -hmm. it is it is hands down one of my favorite shows when it's on the air and it's it new seasons coming up in a couple of weeks so. yeah
2: yeah a- anthony perkins and and robert forster kind of taking the, the lead uh roles um uh, from the from the good side of the equation and then, of course mm-hmm. maximum maximilian shelby in the bad guy um uh jerry what, do, what are your overall thoughts on the on the movie well, is is well, I, I, first
3: I, of all you got to mention oh, ernest Borgnine.
2: yeah my gosh oh, Ernest
0: Borgnine, man
2: like
3: with, the, with that cheesy mustache, Air, Airwolf, and this,
0: <laughs> Ernest Borgnine can only play Ernest Borgnine in things. Like, there's just yes. no debate about that. The other two things uh, was the voice actors between Roddy McDowell yeah. as Vincent, and I'm telling you right now, personal favorite Slim Pickens <laughs> as yeah. uh, old Bo- old Bob, old B O B,
2: uncredited by the way. They're not; they don't show yeah. up in the credits Which, in any way. But voice Which ha- is so weird. But
0: voice acting back then didn't. It, it was like nothing. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to know what they even got paid. Which nowadays, to get a level of... I mean, Roddy McDowell, like, big time after then, Mm -hmm. to get his voice... The equivalent now would be... I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say, like... I mean, who would be equivalent, Jerry? I mean, to Roddy McDowell back then. I mean, he was in Uh, Planet of the Apes. He was in, like... Really? Oh, yeah. I I mean, he was big time. Okay.
3: Well, in a lot of ways, it would be similar to, like, when the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out. The biggest names attached to that movie were the voice actors of, of... Bradley Cooper as Rocket, and Ben Diesel as Groot. Yes, Uh, Chris Pratt had not become a a leading movie star at that point. Mm -hmm. Zoe Saldana had done a couple of roles, Star Trek, Avatar, stuff like that, but she wasn't a box office draw at that point, at least in my opinion. Uh, And the wrestler uh, that played... Oh, Batista... Drax. Yeah, I mean yeah, that, Dave Dave was, that was that was his first acting role. So I mean, you were go if if any actors were drawing you in, it was those voice actors at that point.
0: Which is yeah. I mean, and, and this is like such a shift from that too. Um,
2: the yeah. the original Star Wars: uh, A New Hope. They they definitely credited the the voice the quote unquote voices of R two D two and and Frank Trefio, Oz right and, and for
3: yeah. Yoda. Yeah, but I, it's just and in a lot of but in in Star Wars to their to that defense so uh Anthony Daniels and um I'm trying to uh Kenny Baker were actually in the droid suits in those movies okay okay so uh you know they were doing acting and Anthony was actually providing his voice for C-3PO and he'll he'll be quick to point out to you that his voice is the first voice you hear in Star Wars (laughs) that's (laughs) interesting so that's um but yes, for for this movie, you know, I, I think the closest comparison at the same time would be Star Trek. They never not until the movies did they give Major Barrett credit for being the voice of the computer on the Enterprise.
2: Wow that's that's so bizarre to me i and i know like animated films obviously got credit you know you knew who the voice of snow white was or whatever but like it's just so weird to me that that they wouldn't include that information but i mean history obviously we know it now but mm-hmm. um so so you, you mentioned 10 year old you was was in love with it 50 year old you is c- kind of just eh, it's okay what what are the things that you like versus don't really care for as you watch it now
3: Visually, it's an incredible movie to look at. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's the thing that kept drawing me back into the movie is the the scenes in space, the just watching the black hole itself. I mean, the the special effects they did well, creating the landscape and where they were at. You felt like you were out in space with this movie and not on a on a soundstage. Um, that the close-up special effects, like the the phaser fire, mm-hmm. was it? It really felt old school. Yeah, and and I say that because at this point we had seen Star Wars, we had seen Battlestar Galactica, we knew what special effects could do. Disney should have known what special <laughs> effects could do. They could have done a little bit more there. Yeah. Um, and then the acting just felt so flat. They. Uh it all felt like they were reading off cue cards in the background.
2: Anthony Perkins as Alex Durant, as Dr. Alex Durant in this movie. I I feel like on on almost, almost every scene that he's in, I feel like he's about to fall asleep.
0: And, and like his, like the ability to brainwash him into somehow feeling like (laughs) Dr. Hans, what a Gruber, whatever his name is. uh, Like, it's like, yeah, this is a good idea. I do need. To, I do need to stay here, and I do need to plunge headfirst into this black hole. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's,
2: it looked like he literally just woke up right before the scene. Yeah.
3: Matt Matt Samilian Shell's performance was the only one that, in any way, captivated me. He, I agree. He he felt alive in that movie. Everyone else felt like they were just walking across the set.
0: <laughs> I had the perfect amount of beard beard play in this too. He had the right <laughs> beard for this job. <laughs> and I, I feel like that that's that can't be left off. I
2: I couldn't agree more. I he was my favorite character for sure. Um and, uh, just his line delivery and his sinisterness. It, I just I bought every second of it. Like he was really really good. Um uh, on the flip side, uh the, the girl that played Kate. Oh, oh my god. Like I I I don't know that I've seen her in other things. Maybe I have like as a background character. Um and this movie came out in the 70s and and I don't know how much play she got after this movie I don't know but maybe she did but it was it was so hard to watch her on screen i the way that she she felt like she was just literally just um just uh delivering a line that just like you would read it off of a page it was just it was so bad um i and i thought the rest of the cast was just okay but i mean the high point for me is definitely maximilian shell and then the low point is probably uh, Kate, and maybe a little Anthony Perkins. In, in certain scenes, he, w- he was pretty good, like pretty convincing, but in others, I was like, dude, you need to open your eyes and wake up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, 98-minute uh, running time, of, of which the first two and a half minutes is literally just a black screen. Yeah, what was up with that?
3: Well, that's, that's an overture. Um, and basically, a lot of the big Hollywood movies would have an overture to kind of lead into the movie. And it was also a way to tell the audience, get it, get your butts in your seats, (laughs) stop talking, watch the movie. Um, And they, they pointed out in the trivia that black hole and star Trek, the motion picture were the last two movies to open with an overture.
2: Yeah. So basically at the close of the seventies was kind of the the last gasp of that.
3: Yeah. Um, But all of those big Hollywood epics of the fifties and sixties, all started with an overture and for a lot of those movies they would actually put up a title card that said overture right So <laughs> you would at least know what you were getting yeah, i was confused so.
0: like i really was confused like i watched that and i was like I, you fast forward through it but i was like man disney what did you miss yeah, something
3: here I, I i panicked thinking that something is, was wrong with my is, disney <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, is service. it not working <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't getting video i was only getting audio and it's like what is going on Yeah, they
2: they at least should have thrown something on the screen that says there's nothing wrong with your television or something like that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, that said, I thought the score was actually really good in this movie. I, Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and there's a lot of score in the movie. They they a lot of the scenes have because um, honestly, there there are some some scenes in the movie sometimes a couple minutes at a time where there's not a lot of talking. Um, mm-hmm. it, there's it's just a silent part of the movie, and so the the score really picks up. And um, it's it's not John Williams, um, but I think his actually his first name actually is John, <laughs> the guy that composed the music. But um, definitely not John Williams. Um, but honestly, like I, I would put it up there with some of the best sci-fi scores that I've heard. I, I thought it was moving music and well-recorded. Um, and I
0: think Disney, I mean, you think about Disney's track record of movies, even up to, <laughs> uh, obviously up to this point, that's an obvious strength of theirs. I mean, they, they're, that's one thing they're really, really good at too, so.
3: Yeah, they they had their own in-house orchestra that just focused on soundtracks for movies and TV and uh, they, they, in those areas where Disney had a previous track record, they did great. It's getting into the whole special effects that they struggled a little bit. Yeah. So
2: yeah. As, yeah.
0: The score was yeah. done by John Barry, uh, and mm-hmm. he did *Dance with Wolves*. Okay. Uh, he did yep. *Out of Africa*. He did a bunch of. He did eleven James Bond films. Okay. From that, sixty-three to days. That explains a lot.
2: John Barry. Yeah, uh, he's, he
0: is no longer alive, Phil. <laughs> uh,
2: he's good, man. I, I liked I liked his music in this one. Mm-hmm. So, um, speaking of special effects, um, Vincent is he just an R two D two with a bo- bottle cap on his head?
0: What about the? And the, my problem with him was the <laughs> was his actual eyes. You well, know what that, I'm saying? That, like, I, that, like that looks cheap. Like it,
3: that, that's what made it look cheap. Rest of, <laughs> the rest of them, the metal. I thought, okay, that makes sense. They what I had read was originally the eyes were supposed to be like like the the scoreboards that you would see at a at a sporting game at that time mm. where you could have some movements by turning lights on or off mm. and they could never get it to work right. Oh no. <laughs> and so at the last minute they opted just to scrap scrap the the digital eyes and just paste two Eyes onto the Jeez. onto the computer. It it looked bad, yeah, it look bad. <laughs> and, and and that's that's an issue where, given that we've seen R two D two and C three PO in Star Wars, and given that we've seen the Cylons in Battlestar Galactica, Vincent is a step back. It's not a step forward. Yeah, That, oh, was, that was
0: weird. The, the eyes were the problem, and then then the the rest of the design, like his head, looked reminded me of a vacuum cleaner at a car wash.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: All right,
0: but but other than that, I mean, I, have you just fixed the eyes, or maybe had no eyes, or maybe just did the same thing like a blue, like I'm trying to correct the black hole, <laughs> um, but like a, instead of Maximilian's big red light, like the you know like a Cylon situation, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. have him have like a blue one of those. Maybe Night Rider it up and have it go across. Mm. Yeah. So I, if the directors are listening, my- uh, if the director's listening. I'd love to talk to you. Gary Nelson. Uh. So
2: there's a there's a several scenes where it's him, his uh, whatever his model is talking to another model of of a of an earlier make. Yeah, uh, he says, "Oh, you're the 28 uh, model or something like that." Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Bob was Slim Pickens. So they're talking to each other, and I had trouble, th- other than the voices I, who are very distinct, obviously from each other. Um, I couldn't tell who was speaking. At, at the time that they were speaking, like if mm-hmm. I if I was deaf and was just relying on like subtitles, I, I don't unless they said, you know, oh, this is this is Bob and yeah. this is Vincent. Yeah. I don't know that I would have even known who was who was talking yeah. at the time because um, yeah. there wasn't anything visual was no visual cue to show yeah. you that they're one of them talking. That was weird to me. Um, you know at least uh, C3PO has like his mouth kind of you know um, does a light thing and then RTD2 actually kind of lights up as he's like well, doing his beep boops.
0: And C <laughs> beep boops. <laughs> um C3 C3PO's thing is his body language like his hand- arm movements and yeah, like yeah. body language. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you said RTD2 kind of he moves around too, and beep beeps and boops as you as you use the, the you know term yeah. you use yeah yeah Bee boops, <laughs> um, and then this one just kind of sits there like very static, and those again those cardboard eyes that they well I was, on
2: there it's been, it's interesting you mentioned the word cardboard I I really want to know what they made Vincent out of because um, to me there are parts of him that actually look like literal cardboard with paint on the on the top. Um, Maybe a, a little bit of plastic, yeah. hard plastic. Yeah. Um, c- you know, com- was, compare that to anything else, and I'm not even talking Star Wars. Just anything else that was, you know, robotic at that time. Who's um, the
0: who? What's the name of the guy that stays back at the very beginning of the mission, but ends up being escorted onto the ship? What what's the what's the guy? Charlie, I think. What's the actor's name or the character's uh. name? Well, is Charlie Joseph
3: bottoms is okay the actor. and he played what's the name of his character uh, lieutenant Charles Pfizer Charlie so Charlie <laughs> what's really Charlie. funny about Charlie like
0: Charlie's <laughs> overacting um, yeah made me laugh so much whenever Vincent went out he's like the, 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 and what's what's her what's her <laughs> what's, her, what's her face uh, Kate McRae. it's like oh the tether broke when he's outside the <laughs> ship Was her, as they're trying to land or trying to fix the uh, you know uh, the panel that broke or whatever. Yeah. And then he's, and then Charlie Pfizer like, we've got, he's one of us. He's one of <laughs> us. Why? We've got to get him out. It's like, leave, man, we love him too. Yeah, we've all got we a all, little, we all love Vincent We've all right. got a little soft spot
2: <laughs>
0: for Vincent.
2: Um, anyway. so they're, they're part of this ship called the Palomino. They can they find the, the Cygnus and it's basically, um, parked right outside of a, a, a black hole. And it's not getting sucked in. They, they, they mentioned that many, many times during the movie that uh, that this thing swallows light. It can swallow suns. It's it's massive. It's gravitational pull. is the, 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 the most powerful force in the universe. And yet the sickness is not being sucked in. And they, they kind of explain... They don't really fully explain it, but they, they, they at least address it later when they meet um, Reinhardt. But they... Uh, so they approach the thing. They get into its... It's wake, so to speak, and and all of a sudden they're like in the eye of a hurricane. Like there's no more gravitational pull on the ship, but then they go too far, and then they start getting sucked in. That's when what you just said happens, where uh, the black hole is literally pulling pieces of the ship off, like it's ripping apart the ship, um, you know, a minute at a time, and they're just frantically trying to patch it up and get back to the Cygnus where they can kind of be safe again. By that point, by the time they actually get to the Cygnus, their ship is so damaged that there's no way they're getting out of this safely without getting repairs, like parts to repair their ship. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of necessitates their having to go onto the Cygnus, not just because they want to do a fact-finding mission, which they say that's that's their whole mission, is to, you know, find... It's, kind, it's very Star Trek, very, you know, new new life and new civilizations. A, um,
0: yeah, and then the, the fact that they're going onto this ghost ship, it looks like at first, it is a very Star Trek... Uh, it's like a you know a weekly episode Star Trek situation. Mm-hmm. Next Generation has done this kind of thing, uh, you know. The original series did it a lot, so heck, uh, I mean, all of them. Every I mean, Voyager has done this, Enterprises, I have all done
3: like this. There was since then, there was a lot of just walking around. Oh, and yes, if if you've ever watched like the original Doctor Who from the 1960s, absolutely, yes, okay, they would have these 20-30 minute episodes and half the episodes would be the characters walking from one side of the screen to the other, one side of the screen to the other, because they could never park their ship close. It's like (laughs) especially if this is taking place in the future, couldn't you at least be able to dock your ship a little closer to the where <laughs> everything's going on? Why do you have to explore this whole ship? You know, why, and why do you station? have to show us exploring this
0: whole ship? Well, they had to have the um, what was the uh, the little sled thing that they had to ride? Oh yeah, the, it's like uh, a toboggan. Yeah, almost. toboggan. The uh, you know the Jamaican bobsled team would have loved the sled.
2: That uh, that, that said, I did. I, I agree with Jerry. I did love the. The expanse of the the inside of that ship, was and they did awesome. make
0: it. Yeah, you're right. They, the perception of our perception would have, was made. You know, oh, this is a huge, gigantic ship. They did a good job of of that set design. Some soundstage somewhere in L. A. Wouldn't you say? Is that right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's uh you know some kind of not CGI but like a you know blue screen kind of uh, you know doctored background type of thing. But it looks legit, um, especially for the time. I, I thought it looked really good, um, Jerry. What yes. is going on with ESP in this movie? I, I th- that was the only part of the the in the first twenty five minutes or so where I literally paused it, reround back twenty seconds. I was like, did I hear that right? Did they just say ESP? There's a there's a part uh, we just kind of skipped over it a bit. Like they're trying to patch the ship. They're frantically just trying to get back to the Cygnus as their ship you know is basically getting pulled apart and. Um, uh, Vincent is on the outside of the ship he's the only one that can repair her from the outside so he goes out there and sh- and Kate starts communicating with him She's, they said use your ESP and she she talks to him basically like, like a, ra- a radio like, communication like aquaman you know. like aquaman to <laughs> yeah. a fish yeah (laughs) (laughs) echolocation uh and uh and then that actually comes up later in the movie too where she can communicate with this robot from a long distance um what is going on there did that throw you as a kid did you just buy straight into
3: it Uh, it was super weird i'm i'm guessing that 10 year old jerry (laughs) it probably flew right over his head (laughs) and i i did not think twice about it i think as adults in my age 50 now i'm looking at it and it's like there were maybe scenes that were cut <laughs> that might have fully explained Explain this it, yeah uh, it might have just been something that they were intending to develop more but then as the shooting went along and you know you mentioned earlier the the budget was 20 million which was the most expensive disney movie at that point oh yeah and it may have been a point where we've got to get this wrapped up (laughs) we're 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 burning money on this you know Mm -hmm. find a way to end the movie as quickly as possible which they kind of did but you know it it just it it that that was a thing that just it wasn't fully answered by the time you got to the end of the movie well,
2: they got to that point in the in the again in the first 25 minutes they they introduced the audience to this concept that she can communicate and i was like oh i can't wait until they explain how she does that later in the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that never happened <laughs> yeah. so like i guess you're just supposed to just assume that it works somehow i i so uh jerry you're the perfect person to have on the show okay. for, for this next question did you know that there is a comic a- adaptation a comic book adaptation of this movie
3: Yes, I I think I had it for a while as a kid. Oh, really? Uh, I think uh, Dell Comics put it out. It was like a two issue adapt uh, adaptation of the movie uh, with like photo covers, um, Im- images from the movie on the covers, but then fully illustrated inside
2: so I found so. this, I found it online, uh, by, by the way, if you still have that copy, it, it actually could be worth quite a bit of money, but no, no it's no. gone. <laughs> um, uh, I guess it originally ran in newspapers. Like they did like a full page newspaper print once. So mm. I don't know if it was once a week or once, I guess, I guess probably once a week. Mm-hmm. um, illustrated by jack kirby uh, if you can believe that um who yeah, yeah big time uh, obviously with That's marvel nuts yeah uh and it looks cur- it, very, it looks very kirby it looks like the early spider-man um, cells. well
3: at at that time kirby was living in california and doing a lot of storyboards for movies and tv shows he helped also develop um saturday morning cartoons so it's it it made sense that he would have been involved with this in some form or fashion. Yeah. Um, if, if you ever saw the movie Argo, yeah, the, okay. the storyboards in the movie were created by Kirby. Wow. Cool. That's he, awesome. well, I mean, he was actually involved in that, in that project. Wow. That's awesome.
2: So, Obviously one of the great illustrators ever. Uh, for comics but um, yeah I actually read most of it uh, I found it online like someone just had like a bunch of scans of it or whatever uh, and at, at one of them one of, at that point in the movie they actually explain it immediately in the comic book which I thought was really smart. The ESB? Yeah they, um, they, it's, it's once a single cell that just kind of mentions it and then blows right past it but they actually say oh because of that implant that you have in your head. There you go. Yeah. It's like why didn't did they say they that? that? Yeah. <laughs> And, and so i i'm kind of like i think w- what you said resonates with me jerry is like the, at some point they were just like okay the money's run out just finish this thing up and put it to print mm-hmm. and then after yeah. the after they printed it they got they got with jack kirby and, and i can't remember the, the name of the guy that wrote it that wrote the the adaptation script they got with these guys and said oh by the way when you do the comic can you explain what esp is but but also well, like and like, it,
3: it may have been in the original script that was given to the art team to develop um sure. uh, because you saw that same thing with marvel comics in their star wars adaption mm. in the in 1977 i mean they the roy thomas and uh howard chaykin and archie goodwin were working off like the 1975 script of star wars huh. before it was finally tuned so if you read the comic book adaptation there's a whole scene with Biggs on Tatooine wow. mm-hmm. that doesn't get included into the movie. Um, just little things here and there, you know. Luke actually watching the Star Destroyer attack the Rebel ship, he is seeing that from Tatooine with his binoculars. Wow! And that's in the comic, but it's not in the movie. Huh. So, um, it it may have been that 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 mention of the implant was in the original script maybe it was filmed and cut maybe it was never filmed who knows
2: right yeah it's it's so i mean obviously audiences in 2020 want to know like the backstory or the reason for, for that maybe mm-hmm. that was different back then i don't know i just thought that was a really interesting thing
3: well let me throw this one out to you because yeah. two weeks ago black hole actually surfaced in in stories online that disney is considering a remake of this oh really because Disney remates everything because it helps extend the copyrights that they have yeah. on those on those product lines. So uh, they were they're in discussions to maybe do a remake of Black Hole live action and they're they're even trying to talk to someone like Tim Burton to direct it.
2: Wow, that would be interesting. I especially the ending of this movie seems very akin to what Tim Burton might do. But um, yeah, that's yeah, that, we'll that's interesting. Yeah they, yeah, they would obviously have to change a lot uh, about this movie. Mm-hmm. Not not the basic core plot. I think the basic core plot is actually just fine. Um, but like just the, some of the lines, a lot of the lines are really cheesy to me. Um, and obviously the like the. The visual aspect of the the robots, like let, let's get into that. So the ne- the next thing I thought that was really interesting that I wanted to talk to you guys about is um, when they first g- get onto the Cygnus, they they find all these robots are are basically running the ship. And they don't mm-hmm. even know that there's a human on board at first. And all these are robots. Some of them look very robotic. They almost kind of look like some Star Wars mm-hmm. droids. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and then they get onto like the 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 Bridge, so to speak, where you know people are sitting at computers, and it's clearly people. It's I like I'm not talking C3PO where it's it's you know Anthony Daniel Daniel's inside of yeah. a suit. It's like no, that's just a guy in a cloth, like in a mm-hmm. yeah in I mean, a we're, robe, we're a sheet, yeah, and, yeah, and has a yeah. helmet an on. And um, but the the characters you're clearly meant to assume what the characters assume that these are robots, and obviously you know spoiler alert for the rest of the movie we find out no they really are humans like mm-hmm. that. That basically he's brainwashed. Reinhardt has brainwashed these people into they're being, people. yeah, being mind controlled. They're not essentially they're not made of metal, um, but they don't know that going into it, and they just look at them, take one look, and say, "Oh, there's just a bunch of robots." I'm like, "That doesn't look like a robot at all." Well, it could be
0: cyborgs <laughs> yeah. though, too. Yeah, it could be very life-like cyborgs.
2: <laughs> but yeah,
0: like when when they were like they, walking around, they were alive just, like, at one time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. I I don't yeah. know the exact. Does he ever say what exactly are they reanimated humans? Are they mind controlled? Um, were they brought back from the dead? Are they? Do they have implants put in? She isn't he trying to put her through that? Yeah, I I got the impression that they
2: he did to them what he was going to do going to, to do. Yeah, with the, Kate, you know, the lasers in her head, which is basically just controlling yeah. her mind. But yeah. that's
0: a very yeah. Flash Gordon type scenario. Mm-hmm. But this came out before the Flash Gordon movie, so yeah, but it, it looked very Flash Gordon when they were had her in the machine.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or were you gonna say, Jerry? Sorry. Uh,
3: I I I I think it was just um, Reinhardt's attempt to, you know, take over the crew so he can do whatever he wants. He had his own plan, and it may have gone against the orders that they were working under. So, you know, we'll get the crew to to follow my lead.
2: Yeah. So they walk in, or and- else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you will. <laughs> Um, there's a there's a little bit of a connection between Kate and this and this ship um, and the fact that her father was on the ship and so she mm-hmm. immediately is like, "Hey, is Doctor McCrae here? My my father." Um, and Frank is what she, I, I think this is his first name. So is Frank is Frank here? And he says, "I'm sorry, Kate, but you know your your father's gone. Uh, he didn't make it. We were hit by asteroids. He stayed behind. Meteoroids. He stayed behind." Yes, you know what I'm saying. Basically, he says that that that. Uh, everyone abandoned ship. Like they got hit by meteorites, and and the ship was immediately recalled back to Earth. And everyone decided to go except for him. He's like, I'm, I'm the captain. I'm going to stay with the ship. And he doesn't really explain much about that. And it obvious, becomes obvious why yep. later why he doesn't talk much about it. But um, and he says he actually says that Frank also stayed behind, but then he didn't make it. And he doesn't again talk about that very often. Yeah, very she much. Accepts, and then moves and on. She accepts this, and, yeah, she just which goes is with really it. funny. Oh, okay. To Okay, my father's dead then. Oh, um, right. And uh, and then obviously later in the movie we find out that that was all ruse that um, he actually they actually uh, tried to mutiny him. So like so Reinhardt was always the captain and the crew was basically going to say hey. We're gonna take over, you know. We're going back to Earth, and and Reinhardt's like, no, we we gotta get, explore this black hole. over, are like, we're not doing that. So that basically, there's like a standoff, and in that standoff, Frank is kind of their leader, the mutiny leader, and he actually gets killed by Reinhardt, and then. This is not explained in the movie, but somehow he's able to overpower other that the entire many other crew. humans, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. could easily rise up against one human. Uh, somehow he overpowers maybe he made all of them. The robot. Maybe he made the robots, maybe Maximilian <laughs> chopped them all up. If they if Disney does a remake, I, I would that is one of the biggest questions I would like to see them answer is is and actually show it. Like show it in flashbacks. How in the world he would manage to overpower his entire crew of the, this is a massive ship. How yeah. many, how many people yeah. run run this ship? Uh, hundreds of people. He, one human ends, ends up. So I would like to see them do something where like he releases a chemical mist <laughs> through the ship. <laughs> or, like <laughs> that he's immune to, I like how you or, need an explanation. <laughs> I, I just, I want to know like, how did this actually occur? How did he actually pull this off? But, uh, there's a lot of unanswered questions as you watch this movie. Yeah. I
3: you know, the more I think about it, the more I would love to see a remake of this movie. I would too. Because I I, I think it it can be done much better. And I know you guys a couple of weeks ago you were talking about Aladdin and, and the the Disney trend for remaking or taking the the anime movies, making live action. So many times these remakes don't improve on the original. Right any remake of The Black Hole will improve on the yes. original. There's,
2: there's no chance of it not
0: improving. <laughs> well, you could almost go the opposite direction and make The Black Hole an animated movie. Oh, I would watch yeah. that. And go the opposite direction and, oh, totally and actually, yeah. it would be a lot more controllable. Like, it would be a lot... Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it would be easier to make because the animation is a whole other thing, but I'm saying... How about that? It'd be more controllable. How about
2: how about Disney's new trend of taking live action you old go movies the opposite and, this. and animating them? Yeah. yeah, and make it
0: better. I never even thought about that. And, Disney, if you're listening... Phil needs an explanation on. I do on how oh. Doctor Hans <laughs> was able to, uh, de- you know, uh, incapacitate all these people to take them over and, you know, so turn them into his druids.
2: Um, the one thing I did like about Doctor Durant, Alex, in this movie, is that he, you would think that the entire crew would be like, "You're you're a crazy person. We're not listening to anything you say." We're out of here as soon as we fix our ship. But Alex, actually, the way that they wrote Alex is he's actually he buys in. Like he's fascinated by Dr. Reinhardt and says, "Yeah, um, take me with you. I'd, I'd be interested in going into the black hole." Um, I would so yeah. I'd love to be torn to bits <laughs> in this
0: black hole. Yeah, uh, he's.
2: I guess he's the scientist. He's the scientist part of the crew. Um, their their crew is. You know, kind of typical affair for sci-fi movies, where like everyone has a different role, and I think he's the scientist role on it. So he's very fascinated with the science. And definitely, the black doctor. Role. He's
0: definitely Doctor Smith from Lost in Space. There is no doubt <laughs> that he is doctor. He is Doctor Smith on this. And, yeah, uh, yeah.
2: Um, so, but the rest of the crew is skeptical. Um, one of the Harry, the the older guy, he. Um, uh, finds a huge garden full of food. He's like, who's all this food for? Oh, this
0: for one, <laughs>
2: for me. <laughs> uh, one of them starts limping. He's like, well, that's kind of a weird thing for a robot to do, to start limping. Um, you know, these, all, all these little cl- clues are like, okay, something's not quite right here. And then we see Vincent join the other robots for a game of skeet shooting.
0: Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> a uh, weird... Uh, now listen,
2: Vincent, hang
0: out here with these little friends. Uh, you'll have fun with them. <laughs> they yeah. seem like nice robots. Give these robots a chance, <laughs> and he just does it, which is really weird. Yeah, and old mm-hmm. Bob is in there hanging out with them.
3: It it's kind of funny. I, I guess that even helps prove that those weren't always ro- that they were like humans converted. Oh yeah, because their their aim is completely off most of the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, they're like stormtroopers. Yeah, it yeah, very <laughs> much <laughs> as
0: stormtroopers. Except for Captain <laughs> Captain Star,
2: except for Star, yeah, he which is, I like uh, his. He's, he's kind of Phasma, like he's kind of like mm-hmm. Captain
0: Phasma, where um, he was the second command, and now we've just kind of. And they have
2: this this brief co- him off. brief comment that Bob says where he's like, "Oh, he used to be the top dog around here until uh, Maximilian Max took over." It's like, okay, that doesn't really help the plot at all. <laughs> Thanks for that information, I guess. Um, but yeah, he's he's the top dog. He's the the top skeet shooter, as they call him and um and bob has this little story quick story about how he challenged him and won like beat him and then that's why he's all deformed i think he got mashed oh, it gets mad because yeah. of uh, he star beat him. out um and then uh and then vincent says oh let me take my turn and Flips. He does like a three sixty flip in the air, like he spins all the way around vertically, and then like starts shooting everything, and then ends up actually shooting Star. And it's robot. That's
0: robot murder. (laughs) I thought robot aside. I thought
2: it was maybe a video game, like a a, electronic projection of. But they they were actually firing shots because one actually ricochets off and hits Star in the chest.
0: Yeah, I I don't know if we should even try to get any (laughs) logical. You know, yeah. I want to know how of, it worked. I know you're really <laughs> you're really pushing the limits here on the on, on trying to get some answers on
3: a movie that I don't think has them. You're you're thinking about this much more than <laughs> Disney
2: did, I, and no. and much more than anyone in 1979 did. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Much more than ten year old Jerry did for sure. Yeah, um, absolutely. So and then B- Bob basically becomes the um, the truth teller. Like we find out exactly what's going on. He he explains everything that I already explains about how everything really went down. Um, and uh, there, and uh, at that point, Vince is like, okay, we got to get out of here. I gotta, I gotta tell everybody. Um, and I didn't think this was a, that significant of a moment, but real later on you realize, no, it's, it's actually pretty, pretty profound. There's a moment where they, they're having their conversation and two robots, two humanoids, whatever, walk in and, on them and and to hear what they're talking about and Vincent actually kills them like he actually has to he kills he fires a a phaser now whatever, are at though both are
0: the red ones are they humans too I think they're robots
2: you're thinking about this way too much
0: no, but I think the shiny fa- <laughs> I think the shiny faced ones yeah sponsored by Ray Ban they might actually are be they yeah. they are humans. The shi- I'm saying the shiny. Oh, yeah, face. the yeah, one with the, with one the, with the, the yeah, reflective.
2: Yeah. Which, by the way, I loved that. That that actually looked pretty. No, that was good. cool. The, the cloth, the 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 whole like druid that ro- was robe pretty thing, stupid. I think, thought that was weird. But yeah. their mask was actually pretty cool.
0: Yeah, snuggie, but then mm. this had a snuggie on for a robe. <laughs> but the face mask thing was cool. But I think the rest of them were robots. Actual like the, robots. The four the four red things. The okay. four red robots that, that go sense. Get uh, the other guy from the ship earlier in the movie. I think those are robots. Okay. Uh, I think Captain Star was a robot, too.
2: Yeah, you're probably right.
0: And Maximilian was a robot, even though the ending, and we're not there yet, the ending was very, like, meta, where you're like, I guess they're dead. <laughs> I, or is it, a, is it Dante's Inferno? Is it, I don't know what's happening.
2: And they, one, one of the, Harry mentions Dante's Inferno at the beginning of the movie. saying it's a
0: level of hell. Yeah. going to level anyway.
2: We'll get in that in a second.
0: <laughs> we'll get our interpretations yeah. on this ending. <laughs>
2: People are dying to know. Yeah, everyone is. Um, the, he uh, basically kind of informs part of the crew, the crew that he can find, um, that, hey, this is not going well. We need to get out of Dodge. Um, they say, we're not leaving without Kate and Alex, who are still on the bridge um, talking with um, Reinhardt. Uh, again they use ESP. So um the the way that they're able to get to get this information to Kate is through ESP through I guess an implant in her head. Oh. She learns that, that you know this is Reinhardt is dangerous. <laughs> we need to get out of here. He she tells Alex. Alex doesn't believe her uh, at first but then is is curious. So he he actually pulls one of the masks off of one of those people turned robot. Um whatever. And it, it looks like a zombie, it's like a green-faced um makeup hu- human. So that
0: that's what led me with even more questions. Is this a cyborg? Is this I, I said necromancy. Is this someone that's been brought back from the dead somehow? Frankenstein's monster. Almost. Oh, it could be. I don't know. Wow, gotta find
2: out. Maybe it's a poison mist. I don't know. Wow. That I didn't thought about them actually dying. Like maybe so in the remake. But then he tries to turn what's
0: her face into one. So you gotta imagine. Alive.
2: How do they hold all I used to, so many questions? So yeah, many, so many questions. So many questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Alex in this moment finds out uh, okay it's it's true these really are people and yes Reinhardt's probably not to be trusted. Um, at that point he tries to confront Reinhardt I think or they' they're maybe just try to get out the door and he gets stopped by Max, the the, the big red robot um, uh, Cylon or whatever and uh, he holds up a book <laughs> to protect himself from being mangled by this... as seen on tv blender blender arm (laughs) but this thing has and of course i mean it's i know it's shocking but it tears right through the book (laughs) like (laughs) in a second it tears right through the book (laughs) yeah I I was a little surprised that he thought that would be an adequate shield against this literature. (laughs) But I think honestly, because when I saw that I was like, why did they do that? But honestly it was probably to hide the gore of it. Um, I don't know if you you would agree, Jerry, but like they, this is Disney and it's PG and they're not going for like really intense violence. So I'm assuming they had him hold a book up in front of his chest so that when he literally drills into his chest, that they're not showing, like, blood spl- splitting out or whatever. I don't know. To make it look it, somewhat real. It was,
3: it was definitely the the Disney censors trying to <laughs> keep it in line. Yeah.
2: Uh, the papers
0: go everywhere, too. After yeah. That, I remember <laughs> thinking, like, what what is this? Office Max? What's happening? He destroyed that book.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Golly. Yeah, Ma- Max not only uh, is trying to kill him, but he also hates books. <laughs> so yeah. that was like a, du- was like a double whammy for him. It's like Never mind. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, he's dead. Alex is dead. Kate runs for it. He was a good man. Like, that's no, what,
0: that's what. No, Kate Hans, doesn't run for it. Hans yells that at one point <laughs> after he goes, Maximilian, why did you do
2: that? He was a good man. That's right, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he actually like. <laughs> and then Max is like, man, well, you're right. Uh, nah, i away. Okay. Uh, Kate gets captured. Um, they take her to quote the hospital, which is really, um, you know, brainwashing. Wayne
0: Washington cent- Brainwash Centre. <laughs> yeah.
2: And um
0: L. ron Hubbard's uh And then place of business. Sorry. Jack
2: I-, I want you to talk about the rescue. So Charlie and Harry, I think I'm getting the right the names right. Uh or Dan. Charlie oh and Dan, I think yeah, Charlie and Dan are the ones that go out. Dan is the is the captain. Charlie and Dan go after Kate to save her while Harry stays back with the ship. So um, they, they run, run and get her. And then talk about the, that sequence, the action sequence. Flash! Oh! <laughs> I felt like when I was watching. And then he comes swashbuckling
0: and pew, 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 pew. Like some trick shots under his arm. There's a lot of rolling. A lot of rolling and jumping. They shoot all the robots. <laughs> they blow up the machine that's trying to zap her mind and turn her into a, veg- a vegetable. And um, she's able; they're able to escape. Uh, oh, they killed so and so. What was his name? I always forget his name. The actor, that, what's his name, that was on trying to be on their on the bad guy's side. Uh,
2: Alex. Uh, yeah, they they killed yeah,
0: Alex. Oh, they killed no. oh, They killed <laughs> Alex. Oh, and so basically they're like, he's Reinhardt's evil. We've got to get out of here. The robots are people. Soylent Green is made of people. Yeah. And, and they. And there's
2: actually a moment where they say, oh, well, we should save the people then. Like, we should get everyone out of here. And they're yeah. like, and I think Vince or Bob maybe um, says that they're way past they're saving. They're too far gone. Yeah. There's no way.
0: Um, so Slim Pickens leads the way <laughs> out. They have to try to escape um, from the ship, basically, as it's starting to blow up or something. I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, it starts getting hit by it's, meteorites. It's being pulled into high. That's that's uh, irony right there. But they are being drugged then at some point into the black hole, right? Well, no, uh,
2: Reinhardt actually hits the thrusters. Mm. He's like full full head. We're and going so, into yeah. We're we're hole. taking this whole thing in, <clears throat> and um and so yeah they, they run back and then one one scene I actually was genuinely surprised by. I did not see coming. Uh, Harry ghosts them like he so he's back at the ship they they almost make it to the the doors the doors close right in front of them kind of star wars style and and they're like harry no no and and he takes off without them which that i did not see that coming at all um i i don't know that there was a lot of setup for that part of his character because uh you know he seems pretty benevolent (laughs) uh throughout most of the movie i i don't know if he just thought there's no more time we have to get out of here i'm leaving without you yeah um but yeah he just he just leaves um which actually ends up Working in their favor because uh, the Palomino goes up in smoke <laughs> a few seconds later. Um, he he uh, blasts it to bits.
0: Okay, so then they have to get on the escape pod ship thing, whatever it is.
2: Yeah, we kind of blasted through, through that earlier in the movie. It's set up that there's a probe ship that Reinhardt had sent to basically make sure that it the trip could be made.
0: Yeah, yeah. Get out of there. Now they um, they decide then after the after the Palomino is, uh, is gone. Uh, that they're going to get on this probe ship. While at the same time they launch off this, Reinhardt starts to go into the black hole, right? Yeah. And But the ship starts to crumble. Yeah. He gets crushed. Maximilian says, you know, adios muchacha, basically. Yeah, I didn't
2: see that coming either. Um. um oh, were you second. Reinhardt got crushed. Reinhardt got crushed. What yes. did I say? I think you said Max. I, well, of, Maximilian says, the a- the says see ya. Okay, gotcha.
0: The, the uh, robot says see ya. And um, so he's, you know, he does his death scene, which is funny to me, but because I love a good death scene in a movie, yeah. And uh, and he's like, oh, oh, help, someone, <laughs> somebody, oh, help me, <laughs> help me. Uh, it's like Shatner, <laughs> Shatner acting school. Uh, I talked about his fighting school earlier, but um, uh, I, it, they 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 blast off, and this is the for me probably the dumbest thing of the whole movie is what they have to do to simulate, you know, what they their knowledge of a black hole. What it would be like to fly, and they just do the swirly camera like Batman, nineteen sixty six, something, and they're like whoa, whoa, and they have like these voices echoing over the top of it, and Vincent, whoa, 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 whoa. and then everyone's like, like that. I thought, okay, they're all going to die at some point. Then they tag out to apparently, I okay, the Reinhardt is in, has been drug into the black hole in, on his ship, right? Yeah. But then he is just floating in space. He comes face to face with Maximilian, the robot, and then he realizes he is Maximilian. He is the true embodiment of evil, much like the robot. And then they're all in this fiery hell of a.
2: <laughs> I I was like, I don't... Jerry, what is your interpretation of this wild and wacky ending? I I for the bad guys. I <clears throat> this this ending came so far out of left field for me. I I didn't know how to process it.
3: I don't think they knew how to process it. It's like two different movies here. The first <laughs> the first half of the movie makes sense. The second half is just all over the place. It's like buckshot. And I, that that's really why I think they they were just told to shut this movie down, get it wrapped up, find some way to end it. Uh, there is just so much going on that doesn't make logical sense in storytelling. Um, I think because it was a Disney movie, you had to show the villain, the villain's downfall, that he wasn't going to survive, and that he was being punished for what he had done. And you still have to allow the heroes to escape somehow. I, I think that probably came down from Disney itself, but yeah, it it's just it's madness trying to watch the end of this movie.
2: <laughs> I I really I really wish we could get in a time machine and go back and talk to ten year old Jerry right after he walked out <laughs> of the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you probably walked out w- with your dad. Did you, you you said you saw it with your dad.
3: Uh, that was Star Trek: The Motion Picture. I okay. don't know who I, who I saw the black hole with. I mean, it might uh,
2: ten-year-old ten Jer- Jerry was probably saying, talking about all the cool like phaser fire shots and the action scenes mm-hmm. and the robots what that the, were cool. Whatever. Well,
3: and they even had <laughs> action figures out for this movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So you could get your Vincent figure and your uh, Maximilian.
2: Ten-year-old ten Jerry was probably not talking about the ending. <laughs> <laughs> probably just wow. completely confused by it you
0: probably still were like wait a minute what like, <laughs> what just happened yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well or maybe maybe it's, you're still left to assume the bad guys are, are dead and in hell I don't know Here,
2: here's my I have no idea I'm not going to pretend to know what happens at the end of this movie um, however I think one thing is very clear It is, it is supposed to depict hell like I, th- I think that's pretty clear. It's, it's very fiery, uh, like a fire. There's lots maybe of maybe another dimension, ghostly. They went through time and
0: space. And maybe it's another dimension.
2: <laughs> um, it's not necessarily hell. I'm just saying it looks like it. And then the, the good people, the people that have been good throughout the movie, they, are given like a heaven-like experience at the end. Um, they're but they like given blast this new Earth. New Earth defines. Yeah, all but they blast
0: of. through the other side, and there's a planet there, right?
2: Yeah, and it's, it's, it's very. Uh, you know, heavenly and glowing and, you know, halo-y um, looking and stuff like that. So I think they're they're trying to give you the impression that the bad guy essentially goes to hell and the good guys go to heaven. <laughs> but literally speaking, it's probably just a planet and then some, I don't know, I have no idea where he ended up. But like the, the synopsis of the, what they put on Disney Plus seems to suggest that this is like Another dimension and i think i think reinhardt even uh posits that at some point in the movie like he says like who knows what's on the other end of this black hole it could be you know some other dimension or some uh, some other worlds that we've never even heard of before a whole um, planet based on Chuck E. cheese that sounds like hell. one could dream <laughs> and one can only dream <laughs> that, that does sound like hell sorry um <laughs> my bad uh so yeah uh, what a weird weird way to end this movie i yeah. I honestly had my doubts whether you would see anybody go through the black hole. Um, and yet throughout, as, as Jerry was saying throughout the entire movie, you're looking for the payoff of what's in, what's on the other side. Like if you go to the, go through the black hole, what, what is, what is this movie trying to tell us about what a black hole is? Um, and so when they finally went in, I was like, okay, yes, yes, we're, they're going to do it. They are going to do it. This is where we see what's on the other side. Oh, it's this i i don't know what this is yeah
0: real credits and, and it didn't even like <laughs> it just did nothing so it,
3: it reminds me a lot of the ending to 2001 a space odyssey you're left in to inter- that you're i left think, think it was it. it was leaving a lot of it up to the individual to decide what happens how did this end yeah. what is your take on it so is that uh, contact the movie contact kind of is a similar thing too. Yeah. you're like what yeah I want while you guys were talking, I was looking this up. The Black Hole was nominated for two Oscars. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I wanna I want to read the categories and then I want to read the competition they were up against. Okay. Please do. They were up for best cinematography. Okay. Their competition was 1941. Wow. (laughs) Kramer versus Kramer. (laughs) All that jazz. And the winner went to Apocalypse Now. Wow. Oh, yeah, definitely. That they were even now, nominated is like this weird, like, how? Oh. <laughs> now, th- this is the one that that gets me. Best visual effects.
2: Oh, I, th- I thought you were going to say best score. But, okay, go ahead. No.
3: <laughs> best visual effects. Again, they're up against 1941. Star Trek, the motion picture. No. Uh, oh, my gosh. Moonraker, wow! The James Bond movie, which could this go guy. into that whole space right. category, right? And the winner went to Alien. This was the same year yeah. as Alien. It was the came same out.
2: year as Alien. Holy crap! Well, and that's
0: like that jump. And we've talked about this a lot, Phil and I have about like oh my like goodness. the the stuff, the level of stuff that Star Wars that de- Star Wars does, uh, and then when you see things that are mimicking Star Wars or like that, the things that Alien did, it's the same. Where like. They did things in that movie where you're like, how how do they even make that yeah. happen? And it's like this really cool prosthetic design and like well thought out things, and like that makes this thing look very two dimensional at times when you yeah. think about like movies that are really really good. Like we that,
2: we've so. done this similar conversation on the horrible movie podcast um, where it's like, okay, well that that doesn't look good by 2020 standards, but how does it look by 1993 standards? We talk about Jurassic Park, yeah, talk talked about a lot, um, mm-hmm. but like 1979. Yeah, these are the standards by which people were grading this movie. Is it does it look as good as Alien? Does it look as good as Star Trek: The Motion Picture? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, <laughs> it no. doesn't. <laughs> no, and, and like you said, the fact that it was even nominated is uh, well. Obviously,
0: that was the expectation you know. that it needs to look that good. Then, if it's literally being nominated for awards, it's really weird. Then, this movie's mm.
3: here is another kicker that I'll, that'll that'll.
1: We was nominated for any Razzies? Beginning. Yeah,
3: Ish, we, talk, we talked at the beginning of the movie. This movie had an estimated twenty million dollar budget. Yeah, Star Wars: A New Hope had an eleven million dollar yeah. budget. Oh my gosh, where was the money being spent at yeah. on this movie?
0: It's all about vision, and it's all wow. about like how you how you're able to like uh, attack that vision and then produce something that.
2: Eleven million. Yeah. Two two years later they doubled the budget almost. Oh, of. And they new made, yeah. but they made think about that. Half like, the movie. Eleven
0: million dollar budget. <laughs> what, what did the first Star Wars make at the box
3: office? Oh, it killed um one point five million opening weekend. Uh gross in the US was roughly four hundred and sixty one million. There you go. Oh, geez. And worldwide Dude. was seven hundred and seventy five million. So I mean, look, what an investment. I mean you couldn't even yeah. An investment like that, that is
0: like that'll not un- happen again. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if we can ever get that Pluto Nash remake, Ma- <laughs> make a movie for 11
2: million and then get 700 million in return. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much uh, the movie as far as how it goes. Um, uh, I, again, I, I felt like the sets were were impressive. Um, I thought the the uh, the the robots themselves I, I mean and even it, taking into account that some of them were human I thought they looked kind of cheesy and kind of fake um, they uh, the ESP thing was really weird I thought the acting wasn't that great uh, for the most part um, it's it the plot I what what really interests I'm really intrigued to see if they actually do a remake of this that what why I think a remake would be really good is that the basic uh, premise for this movie and the way that the plot plays out is not bad. You know, like, I actually like the, have, the structure of it.
0: Have you guys ever seen Event Horizon?
2: Mm-mm.
3: I think so. Okay,
0: this is. I mean, basically, Event Horizon took this and then rat- ratcheted it up and turned it into a, into a space horror movie. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, I love Event Horizon. Like, I it is mm. it is one of my. Fa- it's probably my favorite horror movie because I'm not a big horror movie fan. But like as far as the space genre stuff, man, it's awesome. And I, it gets Sam Neill's in it. Um, who else am I leaving out? There's a couple huh. other known actors that are in it's it. It's good. It's pretty fun. Like, hide the kids on that one, but it's yeah. good.
2: Go watch that. Well same. done. <laughs> I'm glad I saw this movie once. Um, I, I almost certainly will never watch it again. Um, although, if a remake came out, I would be super hyped for it. Um, and let me put this plug out there. If you can find, I, I found it pretty easily just Googling it. Um, if you can find the graphic novel, um, that Jack Kirby illustrated, um, read that. Cause I, I, think it's infinitely better, um, than, than watching the movie. So, um, they explain some things that they don't explain in the movie. And there's some extra little scenes here and there. Uh, they do change a couple things. Like there's not any violence of any kinds, um, in, in the comic book. Um, no one gets their chest carved up or anything like that. <laughs> <coughs> but, um, and I think I haven't got to the last page, but I think in the, the last page I read that the, uh, the mel- the weird melding of max Maximilian robot and Reinhardt human, uh, into one I- item, <laughs> I don't know how to describe that one entity, uh, I guess is completely omitted, uh, from the, the comic book, which tells you everything you, you, they need. You need to know about how Disney right. felt about that. So, um, very interesting. Um, jerry have you uh been watching anything on disney plus besides the black hole <laughs>
3: um well obviously i watched mandalorian yeah uh, absolutely my my daughter's been watching more of the disney plus than i have uh but we did sit down last night and tried to start watching the the new aladdin remake oh yeah yeah so um
1: had you then- seen it
3: I had not seen it. Okay. Uh, I had listened to your podcast, so I kind of knew what I was getting into with it. Right. Uh, and we only got about halfway through it because my daughter's almost a teenager and when her friends call that takes more priority. There you yes. go. Absolutely. Um, as far as other platforms, I know you're Disney Plus, but Oh, it's fine. Um, over on Amazon Prime, my wife and I have been watching the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Okay. Really that's a really funny show. And then over on DC Universe, I've been trying to watch the Harley Quinn animated series. Cool. How's that? And, um, it's I'm not going to watch it with my kids. Yeah. But it is a funny show. Cool. Uh, I, I like that this version of Harley Quinn is out there in an animated form.
2: Cool. It's cool. Very Cool. Uh, Jack, have you been watching anything of note?
0: Uh, just the normal stuff. I mean, I've I've started to go back and watch some of the Clone Wars stuff just to prep for like prep for when we start yeah. when that show drops again. Uh, it's just like it, it's just got so many... Google. Uh, what am I saying? Gosh, Google. Plus. I almost said Google Plus. That was really weird. Um, <laughs> uh, Disney has a lot of cool stuff on it. Like it's just like this weird like you can flip on there. Miller watches a lot of stuff on there too. So.
2: I've been watching the Clone Wars, of course. I need to speed up. Um, I'm still actually trying to get through yeah, season two. Yeah, you've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah, sir. I need to speed up. I need to start watching like five episodes a night. But um, I did just watch in the middle of season two, there's a really fascinating couple of episodes where um, there's like these worm type creatures yes. um, that uh, go, it's it's very Star Trek uh, style. But they, um, if you've seen the Wrath of Khan, it's kind of like like this thing goes into its nostrils yes. and, and mind controls this person. And I guess that sort of sets up Order sixty six. Um I, I haven't I, I haven't seen it all the way through. Watching, but um yeah, I, I was very fascinated by that episode. I thought, I thought it was really
3: well. Have done. Have
0: you watched any of the Clone Wars animated stuff, Jared? You already say that?
3: Um I have watched it previously. Um I was trying to watch it as it was uh, airing on Cartoon Network, if I recall correctly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um but I would like to go back and revisit it from the very start. Um you know, you mentioned new season coming up uh in march planet comic-con one of the guests is going to be ashley Eckstein, who does the voice of ahsoka oh cool. nice. on clone wars that's awesome
2: uh, i tell you ahsoka is quickly becoming one of my top top 10 definitely ca- characters in all of star wars right which yeah. is really saying something i mean there's like 30 or 40 big characters in and star I, wars so there's
0: got to be a point where they where she gets that actual live action yeah something i mean you know i'm saying like just a a spot in
2: and i can't wait to see how she turns out because again i'm only two seasons in um i I heard by like five six she starts to get like super powerful super strong Mm -hmm. like i can't wait to see how she evolves over the series but yeah she's a great character
3: and i i think for the longest time the star wars franchise whether it was star wars lucasfilm or now disney i knowing knowing that they've got such a positive character with Ahsoka, I don't think they want to get to her end. Right. Because <laughs> logic would tell you that her character was killed off at some point, right but I don't think they want to do that for the legions of fans that that she has out right. there.
2: We yeah, we we know she's definitely dead. Her voice actually appears in uh this isn't too big of a spoiler I guess for Rise of Skywalker, but mm-hmm. um, Let's just say you hear her in that movie. Yeah. And so um, because of the nature of that scene, obviously, she's not around anymore. But um, I, by the way, I love that she was in Rise of Skywalker, her voice. That was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was pretty cool to, to include her. Uh, and the only other thing we watched was, um, I mean, J- Jordan's always watching kid shows, but uh, we watched Ratatouille, which I, we talked about on the Pixar episode. Uh, I had not seen it for like 15 years, and so we went back and watched it. That movie holds up really well. It's mm-hmm. really good. Did Jordan like Ratatouille? She did, it, which I, I surprised it me. Uh, she's more into the uh, princess stuff or toy stuff, like she loves Toy Story. Um, uh, you know, a movie about a, a, a rat that wants to be a chef. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't it, think would appeal to her, but I she loved it. That,
0: I think that rats making our food is a good
2: idea. <laughs> I think that you know, in
0: the past, you know, the plague and that sort of thing. It's gave rats, rats a bad name. Yeah, but I think we should give the
2: rats a chance. I think she just really liked the relationship between the two, like the rat character and the human character. Oh, can I make one
0: more observation on the black hole? Yeah. Sure. Um, Hans, uh, the good doctor, think about this. He is just minding his own biz out here in the black hole, wanting to drive into the black hole. 20 years of work he put into this. And here come these jerks that come aboard his ship, and completely upset the apple cart. <laughs> Think about that. He was just out here. He didn't ask them to come,
3: <laughs> but here they are. It, it, it's very much like Star Wars with the Empire and these rebels coming aboard the Death Star and yeah. blowing yes. it up. Think yeah.
0: about it at the end. Who are like, the real villains At the here? end, like his his whole world is crumbling around him, and he's like, <laughs> like at no at some point he should have said, "I had it so great. I had these loyal <laughs> servants." No one was bothering me. I've got this garden <laughs> no. full of fresh rhubarb that just came up this morning. And here come these jerks aboard. And I tried to help them, and look what they did to me. You're so right. It's weird. Yep. You know?
2: I think you've got the Cor- right perspective Cor- on Cor-
0: this Cor- 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 just wanted some dog coats, people. <laughs> you know, Jafar just well, wanted to make his way. He started out as nothing. Jafar started out as nothing. He, be, he wanted to just help the people that, you know... It, it's the same premise. Thanks for your
2: unique perspective. It's
0: unreal. The emperor just trying to help
2: people. It, it just trying. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank never you. hurt
0: anybody on purpose. Never.
2: <laughs> I don't think you're you've sold me or Jerry at all. But thank you for your perspective. No, whatever, Jack. Um, whatever jerry uh those who are listening to this episode uh if yes. they want to follow you and and what you're doing out yeah. in the interwebs uh on the yeah. internet as mm-hmm. in general uh, specifically your podcast yeah. i think would probably be of interest but how can people yeah. follow you
3: uh worst comic podcast ever uh we'd like to think we're getting better but that's uh, <laughs> Kind of up for the listener to decide. (laughs) Uh we are a weekly show. It's myself, Cullen Stapleton, John Holloway. I've known each of these guys since middle school, so we know where all the bodies are buried. We get together (laughs) once a week to talk comics, TV, movies, all the other nerdy stuff that our wives don't want to hear us talk about. Uh new shows go up every Friday morning. Uh as you mentioned yesterday, we just put up episode two ninety-one. Or two ninety two, I lose track after while. <laughs> uh, Which Thanks. was our Star Trek episode. Uh, we are counting down. We are going to record episode three hundred live at Planet Comic Con in Kansas City in March. That's awesome. Uh, so we're going to invite everyone to come out and uh, attend the live ta- live recording of our podcast. Um, if you want to look for us, social media: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can go to our website wcpever.com ever.com. Uh, that is also our Twitter and Instagram handle. Or on Facebook, just search for worst comic podcast ever.
2: Cool. I, I love your guys' slogan uh, from middle school to middle age. Is that so much in that? I love that. Um, there,
3: definitely. It, <laughs> it, 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 we definitely resemble that remark. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: um, if you are in the Kansas City area at all and are, are even thinking about going to Planet Com- uh, Comic Con, uh, you need to figure out when this these guys' panel is and go see them live. Uh, they, they put on a fantastic live show. I've seen them more than once. And uh, it's just a, a great time. Even if you've not listened to a ton of their episodes, uh, you will still just really enjoy being in the room. And um, they just have a lot of fun. They party, play games. Yeah. And we
3: give out prizes. We give out out a lot of really cool stuff. We've got, you know, we travel to a lot of other cons. We we interact with a lot of creators. We get a lot of books signed and then we give those away. So uh, I've got a stack of books that I've collected uh, signatures on over the last year. Colin, who now lives up in Portland, Oregon, which is like the mecca of comic book creators, has. A huge stack of signed comics that he's bringing in. I'm I'm just going to drop a couple of a uh, couple of them out here. Yeah, uh, Spawn number one signed by Tom McFarlane. Wow, a and Savage Dragon number one signed you, by Eric Larson. You guys are giving these away? Yeah. At oh our, my at our, god! <laughs> at our panel, there there was an Image Comics signing in Portland a week or so ago, and Cullen was first in line. So, wow. wow! uh, I've got a Scotty young art book signed here that will be given away. Nice. Um, just all kinds of stuff. It is, we, we do have fun with our panel. We play some kind of game, uh, we we have a general rule if you ask a question you get a prize so yeah uh we want people to come we want people to participate have fun and everyone that comes is going to walk home with something we've got more than enough prizes to give out to everyone Awesome, cool
2: definitely um i think there's still trying to figure out exactly what the time is going to be but you can find Mm -hmm. that on the planet comic-con website just google planet comic-con it'll come right up and um, and
3: we'll be putting it out there in our social media feeds once we get that locked down cool
2: We'll follow Jerry, um, and thank you for listening to this episode. It was awesome to have Jerry on. Thank you for inviting me on. It was so much so. fun.
0: Everybody give it up for Jerry. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> um, if you have any ideas for what you want to hear on this podcast uh, or send us your own review on something that you've watched on Disney+, Plus, uh, we'd love to include you on the show. Our email is DisneyPlusReviews at Hotmail.com. Uh, thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jack, for joining Woo! me. This is a great episode. I really great enjoyed stuff. talking about the black hole today. Uh, we will see you uh, next week. I don't think we have anything plans, but we'll um, There's so many we'll things. figure something out, else out and watch it and talk about it. It's gonna be great. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Bye bye.